Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we are more than conquerors. We pray, Father, that the entrance of your word will bring light this morning and understanding to the simple. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of the hearts of your people and my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our Redeemer, we thank you for inspiration, for illumination, and for revelation. And I pray that this world will reshape, refocus your people in the name of Jesus Christ. They've come here one way to you, they will return back home another way in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Receive all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and the people said, Amen. You may be seated in his presence. God bless you. Bible with me this morning to the book of Ephesians. We've got a lot to learn from this foremost Asian church as we examine today their corporate balance sheet. Before reading any related text of scriptures, let us first read the introduction to the book of Ephesians. The very introduction. And if your iPad does not have the introduction, then you need to drop it at home. But if it does, that's fine. iPad, low pad, no pad. You can see that this is all I'm preaching from. We've gone tech. We've just started. Some other time it will be on my wristwatch. Just wait and see. We are preparing for the citadel. No more carrying load. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Introduction to the book of Ephesians. Oh, there he is. Dr. Fadi, our first uh, medical missionary. Uh, he started, he pioneered a medical mission center here, Dr. Fadi, Samuel Fadi, you're welcome home with your darling wife. Uh, I don't want to tell her story because I, I thought she was a, a registered nurse. I won't tell the rest, but she was there supporting the husband all through. And from here, they planted a church in Oshobo. I was there with you. And then you went to New Zealand and then to Ireland. And now you live in Canada. His father just passed. He successfully managed to join the club long after me. Welcome back home. God bless you, Rigo. Thank you, madam. Thanks for coming this morning. And if you are there, I've not recognized you. It's because God has recognized you. Amen? Introduction to the book of Ephesians. He reads, and I quote, Ephesians is addressed to a group of believers who are rich listen to me, who are rich beyond measure in Jesus Christ. They were what? Rich beyond measure in Jesus Christ, yet living as beggars. And only because they are ignorant of their wealth. Paul begins by describing in chapters 1 to 3, the contents of the Christian's heavenly bank account, Adoption, acceptance, 
redemption, forgiveness, wisdom, inheritance, the seal of the Holy Spirit, life, grace, citizenship. In short, every spiritual blessing. In chapters 4 to 6, the Christian lands a spiritual work rooted in his spiritual wealth. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. This church was heavily blessed. But they were living as what? As beggars. Uh, how many of us feel like that this morning? We call God our Father, but we live like orphans because we are ignorant of what Christ had done for us. We are going to look at the balance sheet of this particular church this morning to see how, for want of better words, why God sometimes restrains or you know just I don't want to say God is afraid of blessing us because he knows we will abandon the giver and concentrate on the gift instead of my God, my God, my God it will be my jet, my jet, my jet And I want to profile this particular church so that you can see the dangers in growth. Turn your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I'll begin from verse 1 and I'm reading the whole chapter. If you don't like it, come back next week. I don't like taking one verse of scripture and then jumping around. Ephesians chapter number 2, beginning from verse 1, it reads, and I quote, And you, say me, me. don't explain it to me, say me. me, and you, he made alive, who are dead in trespasses and sins. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus did not ask us to sign a deed of covenant with him before going to the cross. In the book of Romans, the Bible says, Why were yes sinners, Christ died for us. He knew we couldn't help ourselves. Now let's read. And you he has made and you he made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once were, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. How many of you will say, yes, Lord, that was me. Okay. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He began with the riches of his mercy. Now he's passing the baton to the riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. I detest it when I hear people say, And I began to fast, and I began to pray. And when I fasted, and I prayed, and I got these results. You are your own God. If God were to wait for your fasting and praying, many things would have been destroyed. He fought many battles you knew nothing about. While you were sleeping, do you understand me? 
early morning today, my wife's office caught fire. Pam, a spark. What would have happened if she was there? And by God's grace, they were able to put out the fire quickly because they are working fire extinguishers. Don't blame the devil for everything. And when it was reported to me, like the typical charismatic, the first thing I said, if this is an attack, Lord, I return to sender. I'm human too. Do you understand? Lord, if this is an assignment, then whoever sent this has crossed the line, I'm returning. Then I kept quiet and said, wait a minute. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against me, sir. I'm not under attack of any devil. It will backfire on him if he comes against me one way. Most of created in Christ Jesus for good works with God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I have told you before, I'm repeating it now, the things were, that were given to you before time began cannot be frustrated in time. Yes, sir. Kadaramio Koseni Tole Yiba Yeti Da Oju Tekeo sent me a text, me a text, he said 30 years, 30 years I remember I was there October 1, 1988 when God showed you the vision of this place I remember we walked through to a Balende area to go get a diary to check exactly, I remember when you were writing these things down and I remember all that happened that time that 30 years after you are still here
and I landed in Toronto and we were going to ask for direction to a place, you know, we were crossing over to Atlanta that day and we wanted to wait for our beloved daughter to join us so that we can have fellowship. And if we would go one way, we would not be able to come out again. So we asked for direction. And she was there. And I went to this man and said, Sir, may I ask you how to get out of here because I'm going to wait for someone. And he said, huh? I said, Sir. Then he back up to the other and said, please, please take your camera. Take me and him. <laughs> I mean, you can ask my wife. I was stunned. He said, this is my president. I'm in Nigeria. I said, message in 2 p.m. You're as guilty as I am because we are singing it together. Yeah. Don't complain. <laughs> Let's read on. I'm still reading Bible. The message has not begun. <laughs> uh, the likes of Pastor Biola, uh, Elder last Sunday, and uh, uh, Apostle Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I operate in eternity. Sometimes I step into time. I can show you why we don't preach the same way. Can I show you? Genesis chapter 1. I'll come back to Bible reading. See, this is this is the now church. This is not some charismatic, uh, uh, <laughs> denominational, non-denominational church. No, this is the now church. Are you in Genesis? Chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, capital D, and the darkness he called night, capital N. So the evening and the morning... I can't hear you. The evening and the morning were the first day. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So he hung the sun and the moon so that mankind can calculate time and they can say day, years, and months. How did he calculate the first day? When there was no sun, when there was no moon. So I operate in that day. <laughs> understand me? Say to your neighbor, there was day before day. I operate in that day. So we are not bound and limited by time. Yes, sir. If you are tired, just go to the bathroom and go home. Because I will preach everlasting. You must change. Your circumstances must change. Your life must change. I've not seen you for two weeks. So you are going to receive it this morning. Full measure, good measure, praise Shaking together and running over. Can I hear amen? 
let's read Ephesians. I primed the pump now. It can go in every direction. Pew! Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles, who are Gentiles? Those without God. Those without Christ. Hopeless people. Without hope in this world. You think Gentiles are non-Jews. Abraham himself was a Gentile. The word Jew is for Judah. Israel is a prince with power. Before it became the name of a nation. Do you understand me? So everyone was a Gentile before God called Abraham out. Without hope, hopeless. Without Christ, without God in this world. Let's read. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now I can't hear you. You are going to hit another now. This is the first now to prime you. But now in Christ Jesus, you once were far off, have been brought near by your fasting, by your prayer, by your generosity, by your eloquence, by your vigils. No, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments containing ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. That is, 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 is God of the Jew and of the Gentiles. Do you understand? It's the God of the dead and of the living. It's broken down the middle wall of partition. And every other wall will be thrown down this week in the name of Jesus Christ. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through him, we, the Jews and the Gentiles, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Ready? Read. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. This is beyond the citadel. We are a house inside a house. The citadel is a physical building for us to function properly. So don't put your eyes on citadel. You become God's citadel. So that he can dwell in you and he can walk in you. If, if the house has more honor than the one that's built it, then we should change ourselves. Do you get my point? Okay. Look at this church. Look at what was written to them. Powerful. Then suddenly, they realized who they were. And they began to walk in the glory of the revelation they received. And then abandoned their first love. And because we are foremost Asian church, Jesus sent a memo from heaven. Through John the Beloved in the island of Patmos. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. This is word will scare anyone who is wise almost to, to, to death. I remember what Dr. Sumra said to me about Howard Carter's mentor whom he traveled with. When they graduated their first Bible college students, Howard Carter looked at all of them. He said, you have gone through training and I'm not afraid that you will succeed. I have only one fear. You will succeed doing the wrong things. John Wesley, 
who remained in the Anglican Church all through his life, and who began the Methodist movement that became Methodist Church after his death. On his deathbed, he said, I'm not afraid that Methodism will continue, but my only fear is it will continue in rituals and routines without substance. Friends, long after I've gone, let this word invade your womb this morning. Long after I've left the planet, what God began here must not stop. You must not drop the ball. You must not worship mammon. Gold must not become your God. Success must not eat your soul. You must fulfill destiny and you must pass it to another generation so that God will have faithful witnesses on the face of the earth no matter when he comes. Can I hear a good amen? Would you say my mother did a good job training me? You really believe that? If she didn't, I won't be here today. She's no more. But here is a letter she wrote to the world. And I'm writing you as a pieces, not written with ink or pencil. Did you understand? A pieces that written the hearts of men, first written in our hearts, transmitted to you, read by all men. That wherever you are, you must make a difference. You must not blend. You must not compromise your values. You must stand strong and see God move on your behalf. Can I hear? Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, let's look at the balance sheet. The auditor general of heaven, Jesus audited that church, and this is what he has to say with all the things that he had written about them. To the angel of the church, that is pastor of the church of Ephesus, write, this thing says, he who holds the seven stars, those are the seven pastors, in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, those are the churches, I know your works. Hello, somebody. I can't hear you this morning. Tell your neighbor, do you know God knows your works? I was talking to a friend a few days ago in London. We were driving together and was sharing with me what he was going through. And I paused for a long time. And I said, sir, those people who are standing against you are not your problem. You are the problem. God is after you. Is after you. You are going to you are going to hear a word this week from glory to glory. You will understand that it's because one glory is not good that you are changing for another. I can go home and wait for tomorrow. When you use it from glory to glory, you don't know what you are saying. You are abandoning one to step into the other. Because this one cannot carry you to where you are going. It's a glory that fades away. Let's read. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. How many of you know we cannot bear those who are evil? We confronted them, we challenged them, we tore their books in the open. Do you understand me? We fought them to a standstill. We called them the synagogue of Satan and we were hurt, we were on fire for God. We did not fear any devil, no matter his height, short or small, at all. We called a spade a spade. Wouldn't you think we are doing so wonderful? But look at the balance sheet. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who said they are apostles and are not. You have found them liars. You remember Hocus Pocus? Hey, I spoke English in this place. Oh God, I fought every beast in the church. Let's read. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Shouldn't, shouldn't that pastor be jumping and saying, Hallelujah, praise God. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Because whatever is not of love is sin. You're not doing it out of, out of holier than thou. My theology is stronger and better than yours. I understand the Bible more than you understand. He called us all together. If somebody is in error, go to him privately. Share with them. Stop washing 
are leanings, dirty leanings in public. Do you understand me? But nobody could say that to me. I am sent for the, for the defense of the gospel. I know your works. I appreciate all that you have done. But while you are doing it, you have lost your first law. You know how I did chase you. Was ready to do anything. You know how Elder General chased you. And you are saying, mm-mm. Uh, I've been relating to you as my older brother. I don't Every man understands what I'm saying. Elder Wale, you are not the only one that proposed. There were about four at the same time. I was singing a song in Canada. Shall I sing it for you? Emma Torimi, Reja, Jaku. Emma Torimi, Emma Torimi, Reja, Jaku. Any feel a me bowery, hello me a day. Any feel a me bowery, hello me. Oh, Emma Torimi, Emma Torimi, Reja, Jaku. Reja, Jaku, Reja. You can't understand the reason for the song, and I'm not going to tell you until much later. Mm. Okay? Somebody say, Bam. Uh-huh. Remember, therefore, from where you are falling, repent and do the first work. I am, your, I am the object, the person of your love. Leave those people, stop fighting useless battle. You have done enough of confrontation. Now be thinking about succession. Reproduce yourself in others. You have fought in all battles. Rest from it. You know, you know, one of the most difficult things to do is to admit you are wrong. And what makes deception powerful is that deceived people think they are right when they are wrong. The first time I told Pastor Banker, Kamala, I said, this is a, he said, please go. This will heal the body. I said, which body? <laughs> which body will he heal? What will I preach when I get there? Am I going to change my message and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's so wonderful to be here. And no. Either side, we have not come to the stage where we'll accept ourselves. That as long as in the world, then we are willing to hear. So how can I tiptoe into a place and be saying, Bless your Lord, oh my soul. When I know there is war. So rather than going to rearrange somebody else's bedroom. Because, okay, let me face my own self. Let me look in the mirror and face myself. Because a lot of damage has been done by church growth. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. Branches have become McDonald's franchising. A lot of damage has been done through church growth. And I'm going to lay bare today. I trust God. I mean, I'm more I cannot but thank God for the likes of Pastor Deboye and thank God for the likes of Pastor Kumui because without their input, I won't be here today. I salute them. I salute their selflessness. But in the bid to reach everyone, something else has taken over. And we need to checkmate it before it consumes all of us. Remember, therefore, from where you are falling, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This was written to the pastor of the church. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Okay, anyone you hate, David said, I hate with perfect hatred. 
It's okay that you hate things that I hate, but don't lose your love for me. Don't become too busy and get consumed and get engulfed by what you are doing that you have forgotten the place of intimacy with me. Don't lose your first love. I'm your first love. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I'm preaching a message today titled the exponential growth of the now church the exponential growth of the now church the last Sunday I was here on the 10th of March I preached the message titled the phenomenal growth of the now church the phenomenal growth of the now church this message is a corollary of that message the words phenomenal and the word exponential do not mean the same thing. I need to explain to you so that you begin to understand why we do the things we do. We are not crazy. We are not running a hopeless race. I just want you to understand that not every growth is good growth. Cancer is growth. Let's define the two types of growth. The world phenomenon means remarkable or exceptional, especially exceptionally good. I got that definition from Google. I need to tell you about Google. I came home and I humbled myself and I called my son, put Google on my phone. He said, Dad is already there. <laughs> I said, are you sure? I said, yes. And I told them the embarrassment I caused for myself in Atlanta. We go to the airport. We were checking in. They have already checked me in. And then it was my wife's turn. She put her passport there and said, no, ma'am, you need a visa to enter Canada. I said, we carry the same passport. And I don't need it. He said, sir, they have your record. You've been there in recent times. She has not been there in the past two years. They've passed a new law. That you feel better. And he said, do you have a smartphone? I said, yes. He said, it's something you can do here. He said, oh yeah, bring your smartphone up and go to Google. <laughs> <laughs> I brought my phone out. I looked everywhere. I didn't find Google. <laughs> you see how backward I am? In the 21st century. Keep on laughing. There's always a first time. So, Mrs. B with star now brought a phone out and said, what do you say? Say, Google. So, I stood like this and said, I 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 said, And I was trying to look and said, let me concentrate. Then she finished, and after about 30 minutes or so, we got the visa, and we left. Ha! I said, yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> so when I got home, yesterday, I called her, I said, put Google on this phone. <laughs> I asked Rotimi, as I wrote to me, get me uh, the definition of uh, phenomena in two seconds. He said... I said, where is it from Google? I said, oh yeah, Google. <laughs> so when I was checking for the definition of exponential, I didn't call them anymore. I now have Google. <laughs> I celebrate every little victory. Because I am a BBC. What's BBC? Born before computer. <laughs> the world phenomenon means remarkable or exceptional, especially exceptionally good. I've taught you before that not every growth is good. Cancer is growth. So when we use 
the words phenomenal growth our focus and expectation is growth that is exceptionally good without compromising quality when I stood before you I said the phenomenal growth of the now church I'm talking of a church that is healthy while growing why Matthew chapter 16 Verse 13 to 20, Matthew 16, 13 to 20. Am I boring you? Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Say to your neighbor, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men can become sons of God. Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I will not attempt to ask, who do they say that I am? Because they've called me all kinds of names, basket mouth, uh, critical, uh, all kinds of names. Controversial, they really don't like me, and I don't like them, and it's mutual. But now I've chosen to love them. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bajona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you by my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. You know, okay. Because if I go into that now, it will take another time. Many people think Peter is a rock that Jesus is building his church on. No, you have to go to John chapter 1. The first day that Andrew brought him, he looked at him. He said, you are Simon, which means here, here. Ever learning, ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You are Simon, but you are going to become Peter, Petrus, the rock. You are going to become solid. Now you hear and hear. And what changed a hearer to a solid person in Christ is the revelation from heaven, not just hearing and hearing. Do you understand me? He said, upon this revelation you have received, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Here we go again. I ask you that if you continue knocking at the door, it's because you don't have the keys. Ask and you shall receive. But there are others that say, before you ask, while you are yet speaking, I will hear. Seek and you shall find. There are others God is seeking by himself. He seeks worshippers. Knock, it shall be opened unto you because you don't have the key. Keep on knocking. When you have the key, you inside the key. Can I hear? Amen. Amen. How many of you want some keys of the kingdom? They are not going to be used in heaven. They are going to be used here. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be losing in heaven. Now listen to this. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that it was Jesus, the Christ. Do you know Jesus never revealed himself to any Jew as a Christ? Except the woman at the well of Samaria. He said, we are waiting for the Messiah. The Messiah said, I that I am speaking to you, I am he. I will build my church and the gates of hell. Who do men say that I am? Now let's go to Luke chapter 9. I want to make a point and then close. Not close the service. Close this point. Luke 9. We have just started. We have not even anywhere near finishing. Luke 9, 10 to 20. Luke chapter 9, verse 10 to 20. And the apostles, when they had returned to him, all that they had done, then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. You see, any time Jesus will bring crowd, he does not disturb the city. He does not create uh, havoc on the road. Do you understand me? If you are going to act like Jesus, be sensible not to inconvenience others for your with your gathering. Go to a deserted place, 
We are nobody. The, the road will not be blocked and you create nuisance. Several times, I won't tell which church, because I was part of that church in the 70s. Several times, people died because of us. Oh Ambulance could not go to fetch people. And people could not come out of their homes because we were doing to go to a deserted place. Stop creating nuisance. When the citadel was under construction, we put more money in terms of concrete. We put 60% of concrete on car park so that we do not constitute a nuisance on the road. Why must we worship God and inconvenience others? Why must they curse us because we are worshiping our God? Let's, let's be sensitive. Okay? But when the multitudes knew you ate, they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. Pastor, this message is too long. <laughs> there are too many people. You keep on preaching, you keep on preaching, you keep on healing, you keep on delivering. There are too many people here. How are we going to feed them? They wanted Jesus to bring an end to the service. Rather, he gave them what to do. He gave them service. For we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. And Judas are stolen all the money. They couldn't even do that. That foolish for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Go on. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to where? Heaven. Shortage is here, not there. He looked up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to serve before the multitude. It's in the hands of the disciples that the bread multiplied. Bread will multiply in your hands. Amen. You become a feeder of people Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. And it happened as it was alone praying that who? His disciples, who? I can't hear you. Who? His disciples joined them where? At the place of prayer. And he asked them saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? See, this is the point I'm trying to make. Exponential growth distinguishes the crowd from the church. Don't confuse the crowd with the church. If God had wanted us to attract the crowd, he would have made us all footballers. People pay to go watch them. The church is not about crowd pulling. It's about disciple making of individuals and nations. Do you understand me? I don't want to attend and minister to a crowd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would the crowd be neglected? No. They will eat fish. They will eat bread. Until they become part of us. They are not going to step into the place of prayer with us. Do you understand me? There is a place for them. After you have showed them the mercy of God, the kindness of God, they can then join us to be disciples so that they can become part of us. But that you have a 10,000 seater auditorium or 50,000 seater auditorium full, full of people without impact on society, you are not running a church, you are running a crowd. Churches are planted for purposes of changing lives and changing society. We are world changers. Do you understand me? Here comes the people that turn the world upside down. Not people who are turned upside down by the world. So when you hear exponential growth, we are talking about growth that's exceptionally good without compromising standards. That's why nobody can become a pastor or elder at the Lateran Assembly by joining yesterday. It will not happen. No matter where you are coming from, you have to go through the process and understand the God of the house, the word in the house. Do you understand? I don't care if you are a world-class evangelist and you have billboard in every city. It didn't say these billboards, I follow them that believe. 
Now let's go to exponential growth. The word exponential is an adjective used to describe an increase that is becoming more and more rapid. You can Google, you'll find it there. I'll use my Google. Now I have Google. Can you imagine I didn't do nothing on Google until yesterday? Thank God it's not too late to learn. Many of us are, uh, many of us are computer literates, but biblical illiterates. I'm catching up on computer, but on this world, <laughs> I've laid down my life. You understand? Exponential is an adjective used to describe an increase that is becoming more and more rapid. Such a growth becomes quicker and quicker as the thing that increases becomes larger. I will explain. There are two sides to the word exponential. First, it's a mathematical term. All these are in Google. It's not special revelation. I'm honest with you. What I get from Google, I tell you. What I get from website, I tell you. Do you understand me? There's no point pretending to be a professor of nothing. First, it's a mathematical term that involves an exponent. An exponent. That is a quantity representing the power to which a given number or expression is to be raised. Usually expressed as a raised symbol beside the number or expression. For example, if you say 2 to the power of 3, you write 2 and you put 3 at the corner. Do you understand me? So that 3 is exponent. Now, normally 2 times 3 is what? 6. But when you say 2 to the power of 3, it is 2 times 2 times 2. And that's not 6. 2 times 2? 4 times 2? See exponential power. Now, when you raise a number to the 10th power, for example, that is exponential. However, when you simply as a noun, an exponent is a person who supports an idea or a theory and tries to persuade people of its truth or benefits. Synonyms include advocate, supporter, proponent, promoter, defender, campaigner, crusader, and expounder. And very interestingly, even Google search includes missionary, evangelist, pioneer, and apostle. Check it on Google. Interestingly, that if you are a true apostle, you are supposed to be an exponent of truth that you present to people who buy into it and it has a multiplier effect beyond your person. I mean, can you imagine we were in Toronto? I was just asking for direction. And the man said, bring your camera. I will not let this. Madam Jonas, Jonas, sir, he said, you are my president. I said, president of where? He said, I know you very well in Toronto. One day I lodged in Bojan Arab, courtesy of my friends there. And I stayed there two nights and I was going to buy a wristwatch for my wife because we had given the one bought for her to our daughter. I went out the second day, I'll be traveling the third day out. I'd seen this lady and the bot, I'd seen them since I came in. It was the day I was going that she stood up and said, I thank God for your life, sir. I said, thank you. He said, I is Pastor Ike. My legs began to shake. <laughs> I said, Pastor Ike, I said, yeah, we've just been posted here. We are, we are Nigerians. My husband lives, works with the embassy. We've just been posted here, and I've just got this job two weeks ago. I said, God planted you here to monitor me, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, inside of me, I was saying that. So where is a hiding place for a goldfish? 
I don't go to malls anymore in England, no. Because I will greet people going out. I'll greet people coming in. So I've learned to stay at home. You think it's wonderful. It's a prison. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, you see exponential growth there. And in Acts of the Apostle, I mean Daniel chapter 1, you see the same thing. Deuteronomy 1, 6 to 11. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. You didn't know the title of my message for the celebration tomorrow. It's time to move. Say to your neighbor, it's time to move. I'm advertising that. But what are you moving into and where are you moving from? It's critical. It's time to move. Let's read. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, and in the lowland, in the south and on the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. God is a God of boundary. See, I've said the land before you. Go in and possess the land with the lost what your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them and their descendants after them. And I spoke to you that time saying, I alone am not able to bear you. Now, these are the factors that hinder exponential growth. When everything is done by one man, when there are no others who can do what he's doing and even do it better, he's not a leader, he's a failure. You don't get the point. You are, your retirement is not until July, you retired early because you have groomed others to take over from you. If you are not thinking about succession, you're already a failure. Success without succession is failure. We act like we are going to be here forever. We retire others and we still remain in office. We change the goalposts. This year, if you're 70 years old, you retire. Then we change it, and then we say, my own position is, you are deceiving yourself. Office in your own The owner of the church left at 33. He said, it's expedient for me to go away. If I do not go away, the comforter cannot come. He said, Father, glorify yourself. I've finished the work which you have given me. He has not gone to the cross. He has not said it is finished. I have finished the work. What work? I've reproduced myself in others. It gladdens my heart that there are others who will do better than I am. It gives me joy to see them rise there like Colossus and stand and, and get their old house fired up because it gets better with subsequent generation. I'm not going to sit down there till my bone cannot carry my leg anymore and I'm rickety and I'm just saying praise the Lord. No way. I'm going to live here strong. And it's not too long time. So enjoy me while you have me. For some time you will see me and for some time you will see me no more. When I said that to them at work fun, they thought it was a joke. My friend Pastor Bank said to me, oh, when he saw the house we just moved in, into in 2386 Bransley Place in Sugarloaf, he said, my friend is not going anywhere. I said, that's it too. I'm gone. For some time you will see me. For some time you see no more. I'm saying goodbye. There are other assignments. I've been here for 30 years. I've been the button is being passed to you now. Get ready for it. It's your turn and you must not drop the ball. Amen. The last runner does not run with his own baton. I'm going to what will make life better. Amen. I'm going to do what will make multitudes of people to be enriched and to be delivered from the shackles of poverty. Amen. Do you understand? It's our time. It's our turn. Nigeria will be better for it. I know it inside of my spirit. The season has come. so much for listening we have to end it here today but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word this message will continue in a subsequent episode I pray that the truth you have embraced will not only set you free but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative 
in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.